0: Good morning, church. To learn more about Jesus, well, yeah, that's my job. That's what I love to do. And this morning, we're going to get an earful of Jesus. And that's what we're supposed to get every Sunday, right? All right, it's great to see you here this morning, both members and visitors alike. We thank you for your attendance, and we praise God for you being here today. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Righteous Heavenly Father, we love you, and we... We praise you. Thank you so very much for giving us this hour, for granting to us this moment to be able to assemble together as your body to worship you and to know that when we worship you in spirit and in truth that heaven responds thank you Lord God for recognizing our worship. We pray that all things that will and have been said and done, we pray these things will and have been pleasing and acceptable in your sight and in accordance to your will and your way help us always to remember Jesus in all that we say and do Keep our minds focused only on you this morning in worship, and please rid us of worldly thought. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray these things. Be thy will. Amen. We're well, going back to Deuteronomy, spiritual alignment, um, because we've got to understand uh, that we're still talking about kindness and peace, and, and now today we're talking, about, we're talking about love, being filled with love, And the depth of love, you know, the depth of love is not natural, right? The depth of love is not natural. Love is an action. Love is a decision. So listen to the way we're going to go back to the Old Testament, because in order to understand love, you know, you have to dig into the Old Testament. And I know sometimes folks have asked the question, uh, is the Old Testament important? Should I read it? Well, if you want to learn the depth of love, you can't learn it without it. Deuteronomy 6, it's a commandment. Verse 4, which means it's also a choice. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your might. That's the depth of love, right? To to dig down deep into the, the recesses of your heart and find the love for God with all of your being, if you will. In verse 6, and these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your sons. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as, as signs on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets on your forehead. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house, and on your gates. And part of that command is, teach your children how to love God. Not just to love God, but how to love God. How do you do that? You got to go back to the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 10. See, we find Jesus in the New Testament showing us or demonstrating what love looks like. But the teaching of love, though it's carried into the New Testament, the depth of it starts back in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 10, and the verse is 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, and to love Him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, to love Him? What does God require? God says, I want you to love me. How do we do that? Chapter 11, please. Verse 1. You shall therefore love the Lord your God in all ways. Keep his charge, his statutes, his ordinances, and his commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, John 14 and verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Love is an action. It's a choice. If you love God, you will keep the commandments of God. What are those commandments? About one of them is love. Verse 13. It says... And it shall come about if you listen obediently to my commandment, which I am commanding you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and all your soul, that he will give the rain for your land and its seasons, the early and late rain that you may gather in your grain and your new wine and your oil. Notice the condition. If you love me and you serve me and you obey me, then... I will, in other words, don't feel entitled, church. Don't live a life of entitlement. No, no, obedience is what God asks of his children. And he, verse 15, will give grass in your fields for your cattle, and you shall eat and be satisfied. Keep my commandments. Jesus, Matthew 22. Matthew chapter 22. Jesus speaks to us. He speaks to us about love. Loving God. He gives the commandment. What is the great commandment, right? Matthew 22, beginning at verse 37. And by the way, I, I said this week will be the hard stuff, but that's really next week. I wanted to show you first how to, how to get there, right? I going to show you first how, how to get there. Matthew 22 in verse 37. And he said to him, you, Jesus said this, you shall love God. The Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment, to love God with everything you have to offer. That's the commandment. That's the great commandment. That's the greatest. Church, how much do we actually love God? If you love me, you will keep my commandment. You think about that. for just how much do I, When I think about my love for God, how much do I love God? Well, guess what? We can see it. Right? People can see it in our attitudes. They can hear it in our speech. They can see it in our faithfulness. How much do I love God? How much do I love God? How much time do I have for God this week? How much do I love God? God, you are first in my life, and then I look at your life, and God is nowhere in your life. How much do I love God? Or maybe we look at our lives and find that God might be number 10 in our lives. How much do we love God? The greatest commandment is to love God with all that you can muster up within yourself. Am I doing that? Am I doing that? then he goes a step further, right? You got to get the first one before you get to the second one. (laughs) I have to love God before I can even think about loving the second one. Second one is loving all of God's children, including myself. How about that? Not self-love, that's very different, right? Not self-love, but loving all of God's children, including myself. Verse 39, the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. How do I treat my neighbor? I think the big question will be, who is my neighbor? We'll come back to that one. That's the one we need to deal with, right? That's next week. Too much to handle this week. Love is taught. Am I really teaching my children to love God? To love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all of your strength, with everything you can muster up within your heart to love God and then show them how to do that. And not just show them, but teach them how to do that. The Old Testament is is full of the love of God. In fact, the, the law is full of the love of God. Someone says, I don't like commandments, and I don't want to keep rules. And you know rules are designed to keep you safe, right? Remember we say, 55 and stay alive, right? Because they figured out, you know, these vehicles can only handle this. You know, I mean, they start going through the statistics. and Rules are designed to keep us safe. So, well, God is just full of commandments. Yeah, they're designed to teach us how to treat each other. Because we don't know how to do that either, do we, church? Think about that. Look at the world. It's full of wars and rumors of wars and struggle and conflict and deceit and lies and wickedness. And and it's just getting worse and it's going to continue to go that way. How do we know that? The Bible said that. Evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse. It's going to just keep getting worse. It's going to continue to get worse. But God says, even in the midst of all this bad, I'm commanding you to love. What does that look like? What does it look like to have a people who are in the midst of a land surrounded by evil, who are not of the world, but just in the world, whose focus is in heaven, and we're striving for the Lord. What does that look like? Go, go back to your Old Testament book, and you can read it. Verse 40 says, On these two commandments, the pen, wait, wait, okay, so... Can you summarize the whole law and the prophet's preacher? Yeah, I can do that. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the whole law. Do you know the law? Oh, by the way, that's the 600 plus commandments, not just the 10 commandments. You see, God gave us law, and in that law, God was teaching us something. In the law, he was teaching Israel how to be a light, and the way that you're a light is you show and demonstrate those attributes of the law. You keep the commandment of God, and when you do that, guess what happens? The world says those people are full of love. Love is the substance of what, of what Moses in the law was, was teaching the prophets what they spoke of. The whole of goodness. The whole of goodness is to love God and, and to love our, our fellow man. Matthew 7 and, and verse 12. The, the whole thing in a nutshell. When you look at the whole, the whole Sermon on the Mount and the whole message of God. In verse 12, it, it says, Therefore, however you want people to treat you, so treat them. For this is the law and the prophets. Some said, well, you know, the golden rule. We say the golden rule, the golden rule, the golden rule. But how many people live by the golden rule? Right? God says, I need you to love me. I'm commanding you to love me. It's a choice. Galatians, please. Chapter 5. Love is a choice. You don't have to love. In fact, the opposite of love is hate, right? And if we choose to live a world, a life of, of hatred, then if that's your choice, then that is your choice. Is that complete defiance of the word of God, the law of God? But that's your choice. This morning, when you came to worship, did you come to serve, or did you come to be served? Right? Because love serves. When you walk through the doors and, you, and this morning when you leave, please don't just I know the soup bowls are there, right? I know. but when you, don't, don't just run out of the door greet your brethren greet the visitors show them love right. that, because that's the most important God doesn't care about the football game that, but God does care about love right. brethren when we come to worship God we're coming to be what God wants us to be and do what God wants us to do but not just in this building in this edifice not just here but, but everywhere in every moment of our lives in Galatians 5 and the verse is uh, 14. God says, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. One word, love. The whole Wait. when I read the Old Testament, I'm just, you know, remember hearing this? You know, the God of the Old Testament is the mean God, and the God of the New Testament is the. Isn't that you ever heard that before? You haven't read your Bible if that's what you think. And you don't understand. The Word of God as it is spiritually appraised. The Old Testament is full of the teachings of love, which brings us to Jesus, doesn't it? It's all about Jesus. Jesus is love. God is love. Right? Think about the creation. Think about what God made. Think about, think about everything that, that is, is good in this world. And wow! Wow! <laughs> God is amazing, and he did all that because he loved us. He made the world as is, as we can see it. And and it was even more beautiful back in that day in the Garden of Eden. And think about what God did. He said, I want you to have the best I can offer you on the earth. And He said, I got something better for you, and that's in the heavens. But for right now, while you're on the earth, I'm going to give you the absolute best that I can give. Wow. Pretty nice place, huh? They can do a lot of fun things on this earth. That this is a place that people want to stay here forever. But then God tells his people, I got something better. Right? What can be better? I got something better. Right? The creation, it just it demonstrates all of God's love. And then it, but, but I want you to step beyond the, the physical, and I want you to go to the depths of the spiritual in the creation. Revelation 13, 8, it says, Jesus crucified before the foundation of the world. And when God made all this, put mankind upon it, there's one thing God knew. In order to save them, because they're going to sin, they're going to defy me, in order to save them, I'm going to have to die a humiliating, excruciatingly painful death for them just to teach them and show them how much I really love them. See, that's bigger than the creation itself. That that goes into the depth of our hearts to say thank you. Do we even have words to use for that? How do you say thank you to God for all that he's done? What word do we really use? I, I, don't, have, I don't have that strong of a vocabulary to give you something... Stronger, but I can validate it. Luke chapter uh, 20, 24. Jesus fulfilled everything spoken of him. You say, well, how, how did you, you know, what, what is the, someone says, well, tell me what are the secrets of, you can write a book, you know, the secret art of, of being perfect. And, and so, what's the secret art of being perfect? And it's a very short book. The problem is really you won't make much money because you just flip one page and it says, Love God. And that's the, that's the end of it. Because that's why Jesus kept the law perfectly. You, you see that? Do You see how Jesus kept the law perfectly? Because the love for the Father was greater than the love for his own sin. The love for the Father was greater than the love for his own lust. The love for the Father was greater than the love of his pride. The love for the Father was Everything. And so he was able to keep the law perfectly without sin. How much do I love God? If we take that word love and we reduce it down to an earthly idea, you know, the things we love, things we enjoy, we do them. We make provisions for them. We, we provide, we make opportunity for them. You know, I love to do this. And so, I, so every chance I get, I go when I go do that, whatever it may be. And, and so we do those things that we love and we enjoy How much do I love God? What kind of provisions have I made in my day to show God how much I love Him? But not just to show God how much I love Him. The fact that I love Him, I can't help but to do these things. Because I love them so much. The law of Moses is filled with the teachings of love, with instructions. So the instructions in the law... Our teachings of how to treat people, right? First, let's How do you treat God in your relationship? How do you treat people, even your neighbor, your enemy? Our I- love for God is expressed in, in, in our love for people. <laughs> Think about that for just a minute. Our I- love for God is expressed through our love for people. They kind of go hand in hand we'll look at that next week. 24, 44 says, 44 says, He said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So let's take a look and think for just a moment. Romans 13. Romans chapter 13. Let's think about what God is is teaching us. Verse 8. Oh, nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And if there are any any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. And so, okay, well, let's think about that, all right? So, here's my wife. I love my wife. Guess what? Don't commit adultery. Guess what that does? That shows love. Right? I'm committed and faithful to my wife, and she's committed and faithful to me. I'm showing my love for my wife by not committing adultery. Oh, there's your neighbor over there. He's got a really nice new car. Don't steal his car. (laughs) Do not steal. Okay? If you don't steal, you're showing and exemplifying the power of love. To my wife, don't murder your husband. No, that's not, sorry, it's another one. All right. (laughs) The next one, do not murder, right? Look, God is trying to teach us how to love. Leviticus 19, verse verse 18. Don't covet your neighbor's stuff. Leviticus 19, verse 18. Love, listen to what it says. You shall not take vengeance. Now well, listen to this in a marriage church. Listen. You shall not take any vengeance nor bear a grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord your God. Just, just if, you, if you just get rid of vengeance and, and grudges and holding grudges and uh, that's showing love. Oh. I think that word forgiveness then fits in there, doesn't it? Yeah. And there's more. Exodus 34, when God speaks of himself, he says, Lord, how would you describe yourself, God? What would you say? What do you want us to know about you? And God says, here's what I want you to know about me. Verse 5, Exodus 34. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him, and he called upon the name of the Lord. The Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed,
1: the Lord,
0: the Lord God, Compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth. All right, Lord, I want to be just like you. Okay, well, here you go. Here's a good start. Right? Who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin, and yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren the third and fourth generations. God says, okay, I've got all the vengeance. I'll take care of that. I'll take care of, the, of justice. I'll take care... All I want you to do is I want you to just practice compassion and graciousness and love toward each other. It's human. Lord, but there are some people who are unlovable... Okay, I know. We'll get, we'll get there next week. John 6. We'll look at that next week. So the law Moses is teaching us about about love over and over again. You go back and you you read it, and you read it, and now when you read it, open your heart, open your minds to what God is teaching about love. And then in the prophets, you read about the prophets. What the prophets teach? What was what was the the, what was the dynamic of their message or the the holistic message of their uh, of their teaching? And it it was simple. They were teaching people about God. Listen to what it says. Verse forty five. It is written in the prophets and they shall all be taught of God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. So if the prophets are preaching to you about God, <laughs> God is love. You, you can this is all through the scriptures. God is trying to teach us about love. Psalm 51. You, you have to go back to the Old Testament. And, it, you know, uh, the elder challenge is to read 10 minutes a day, so we're giving you lots of things you can read. Start in Genesis, right? And then when you end up in Revelation, it might take you 20 years, but get through it, right? Get through, the, get through the whole Bible, and when you're reading through the whole Bible, look at all the, the messages that God's giving us about love. It's teach you how to treat people, right? Psalm 51, verses 1 and, and verse 2. Be gracious to me, O God, according... To thy loving kindness, according to thy greatness and thy compassion, blot out transgressions and wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. What, is it, what does it take to do all that? All that forgiveness. Oh, that's, that's the word. Yeah, love also carries with it the idea of not just graciousness and mercy, but forgiveness. Carry that to your home. But implement that into our marriages, right? Forgiveness. See, I, I become hard hearted. Psalm 86. I become hard-hearted when I'm not getting my way, right? And, and then I'm rebellious, and then I'm this, and then I'm that, et cetera, et cetera. And if I could just, instead of being so, so insistent on having my way, if I can say, you know, let me just show love instead. Love is powerful, isn't it? We don't always like to do it, though. Right? We don't always like to love people. Because when you, when you love them, you, you make yourself a little vulnerable, right? I know when you just kind of expose yourself when you, you know. But it's a commandment. Why did God have to command us? Think about how bad this really is. What does it speak of us? God has to command us to love each other. How bad are we? <laughs> He's got, this is a commandment. I am the Lord. Like, wow. Wait, you have to command me to love my neighbor? Yes, I do. Because if I didn't do it, you wouldn't love your neighbor. Really? Am I that? Yeah. I guess I am. I think Maury said it this morning. <laughs> the best, right? If I'm better today than I was yesterday, I'm worse. off. I'm worse than I was yesterday. Who am I? Am I a monster? I don't, I don't want to be. But you ruffle my feathers. Amen, church. Right? Yeah, we're monsters. Look at that road rage, right? You cut me off and all of a sudden I'm doing, right? I don't even know why you cut me off. Maybe you weren't paying attention. Maybe you were. Maybe you saw a squirrel. I don't know what's going on, right? I don't know what's happening. I mean, you ruffle my feathers, though, and we got problems, and I don't want to be there. So God says, look, Tony, you can't be the old man. You've got to be someone new. And you say, well, I can't believe the preacher's saying that. Well, I'm talking about you, too. Right? Ruffle, let someone ruffle your feathers a little bit. And you realize that, you know, we're not quite full of love like we should be. Church, we've got to dig deep into our hearts and find the love. I wonder, I wonder just in kind of closing this out, I wonder, um, well, let me read it. Let me read Psalm 86 and verse uh, 15 first. But thou, O Lord, art God merciful and gracious, slow. Is that in your Bibles too? <laughs> James told us to do that, you know, chapter 1, be you know, quick to hear and slow to speak, slow to anger. God is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth. I just you know, just, I just want to be like that. I just, what a great goal, right? The bar is so high. Thank you, Lord, for giving me that bar. That's a great bar. That's a great measuring rod. I want to be like God. How about you? How about you this morning? How about next time someone... I'm going to Jonah. The next time someone cuts you off on the road, how about having other thoughts instead of those thoughts? The next time someone, you know, they, they find a way to just ease their way in there, how about just let them over? You know, right? You know you they're next to you, they get the blinker on, they're trying to get over, and you're like, Not today, buddy. Right? How about you? <laughs> they speed up, you speed up, they slow down, you slow down, you know, you play that little game. <laughs> how about just let them over? How about that? Love. God, I love you. God, I want to be like you. God, I'm kinda like Jonah sometimes though. You know, because you know, you know what happens when your enemy your enemy comes and your enemy repents, right? And your enemy says, I'm I'm sorry. I blew it. And you go, yeah, but you know what you did to me? Well, yeah, I do. That's why I'm coming here and talking to you. I'm telling you I'm sorry. I'm talking about husbands the wives, by the way. Anyway, so um, forgive them. You ever been in a position where you were... Someone asked you to forgive them, but you weren't ready to forgive. You ever, you ever been there before? As some folks come and tell me that. I'm not ready to forgive yet. My neighbor told me that. My neighbor says, you know, yeah, you know, I appreciate you inviting me to church and everything, but I'm just, yeah, I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not ready to forgive yet. I'm Like, okay, well, let me know when you want to talk about that. We left it at that. Kind of like Jonah. You know, yeah, okay, bad people. I get it. I mean, you know, they've got a history, but when Jonah came and declared the message of God in verse eight of chapter three, but both both man and beast must be covered. And that shows you they don't understand. Why are you going to cover a cow or a? You don't need to cover the beast up. They don't repent, but that was their lack of understanding. You see, that that was that was that was a description of them as a people. They didn't quite understand. They didn't get it. So in verse 8, it says, Both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth and let men call on God earnestly that each may turn from his wicked way and from the violence which is in his hands. Violence? Yeah, those Assyrians were bad people. Go back and study the Assyrians in 700 and something B.C. and you go, wow, these guys are putting skulls up. I mean, these guys, these were bad people. But they said, hey, we, we want to turn from our violence. Who knows, God may, may turn and relent and withdraw His burning anger so that we should not perish. Oh, but well, the only reason why you guys are repenting is because you don't want to perish. <laughs> okay? <laughs> if that's the reason, then so be it. At least they're repenting. When God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which... He had declared He would bring upon them, and He did not do it. Well, why didn't God do it? You know, God's because God loved them. And they asked for forgiveness, so God forgave them. You know, we have those standards of forgiveness, right? I can forgive this, but I can't forgive that, right? No. Forgiveness, uh, forgiveness is, is for you. It's not really for the other person, is it? Do you know that you can have someone that's angry at you and, and you could do something to someone that's so bad and so terrible and you can go and ask them for forgiveness and they can say, I'll never forgive you and that's all right because they can make their own decisions but that doesn't change God. God will forgive you anyway. Right? You make it right with God and God's got you covered. That's all you have to do. Make it right with God, God's got you covered. Now there might be some extra steps where I might have to go to my brother or sister and say, "Hey, I'm sorry, but whether they forgive you or not doesn't matter. What matters is that God forgave you. But then I'd ask the question why wouldn't you forgive them? Well, Jonah, I'm not going to go preach to them because I don't even want to give them a chance to ask for forgiveness. Right? I want them to die mercilessly. Hmm. You ever said that about your enemy? You ever been there? You ever been in the military? <laughs> ever been called up? Want them to die mercilessly? Really? You really want them to die? Not really. When well, It really comes down to it. We don't really want that. Sometimes in our hearts, we're kind of like Jonah. Maybe not death. Maybe I just don't want them to be saved. I'm not going to talk to that person. But it greatly displeased, chapter 4, verse 1, it greatly displeased Jonah that they repented and they asked for forgiveness and they agreed to turn their lives around and they agreed to serve God and, and to do what's right. And and you know, for about 200 years, by the way, they did it. They, they did great. And then 200 years later, God destroyed them because they went rogue and turned wicked and evil that whatever number of generations removed. But But at this moment, Jonah was angry. I wonder who didn't get the message. Was it Nineveh who was full of of, of wickedness and evil but then turned their lives around once they gained knowledge? Or was it Jonah who had all the knowledge but was privileged and entitled? I wonder who didn't get the message. And then verse 2 says, and he prayed to the Lord and said, please Lord, was this not what I said while I was still in my own country. Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish. For I knew that thou art a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant and loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. God, I knew you'd forgive them, and I didn't want them to be forgiven. I'm just being honest. That's the opposite of love. Right? This morning, this lesson is yours. Listen. It doesn't matter what you've done. You ever, you ever talk to someone who says, I've done some things that if I told you um, your ears would, would tremble and I can never be forgiven, get, be forgiven for my, my sin and, and say that's n- no sin too big for God right we know that church but you have to repent You see, and so if you're outside of Christ and you want to come to Christ today you, you, you believe in him and you, you, you repent you turn your life around and begin to live for him and you confess his name and you baptize in in water the old man dies the new man is resurrected to a newness of life If you remember the body and you're struggling, we can pray with you. All of us pray with you, pray for you, just to give you the help that you need, just to give you the boost, whatever it is that you need. God knows it all. And we can help in any way this morning. Please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.